1: I'm flying solo today to have a bit of a chat about an important concept that I think it's really worth understanding and I kind of touched upon it in my presentation recently on the website which is 10 ways that other consultancies in the human resources industry are bringing new business and I'm certainly one for a catchy title there's no doubting that but in that presentation I talk about the differences between successful and not so successful firms and these are from things i've seen over the years on the successful side of things these firms have got more predictable revenue they have higher fees they get more sales leads coming through more sales calls the clients they work with are just generally more profitable more enjoyable nicer to work with they have higher status um, and they there's less work involved in winning new clients and the the process is a lot faster so the lead time is slower which gives them all the benefits of the more me time learning training for staff all that kind of stuff on the flip side the less successful firms there's a bit of a roller coaster in terms of income and they've got to re- rely on old school approaches the cold calling the, the in-your-face advertising type stuff which you know leads to lower fees and client droughts and it's it's a more of a stressful way of doing things and it also means the work tends to be less interesting uh, and there's a bit more begging for that kind of work anyway. so it's certainly not the most enjoyable way to do it. Now the key difference that I've found over the years is a term of I was describing as compound marketing. So if you know the phrase compound interest or um, compound investing, let's say small amounts building up, over time, they accumulate, accumulate to you getting a, a much very large outcome in the end. A bit like the snowball starts off small. As it rolls down the hill, it slowly gathers momentum, gathers in size and then there's a you know, huge snowball by the end of it. That's the, the power and effect of compound marketing. So compound marketing is more cumulative, connected. It's more focused on educational and being ongoing and consistent where the unsuccessful marketing side of things is more around spray and pray and sales focused as opposed to the educational or it's one-off and sporadic as opposed to ongoing and consistent. So it's really worth thinking about that in terms of a powerful concept that I was reminded of recently from the amazing book by Jim Collins called Good to Great. It's one of my favorite business books. I've read it years and years ago, and I you know, come back to it every now and then. Brilliant book. And in that book, he describes the flywheel effect. And his website was describing as being a concept developed in that book, Good to Great. And no matter how dramatic the end result, good to great transformations never happen in one fell swoop. In building a great company or social sector enterprise there's no single defining action no grand program no one killer innovation or no solitary lucky break no miracle moment rather the process resembles relentlessly pushing a giant heavy flywheel turn upon turn building momentum until a point of breakthrough and beyond you can relax there will be a a marketing connection to this but i want to actually read to you now if it's okay, uh, an excerpt from Good to Great, which explains this and gives you that context. So here's an excerpt from Good to Great. Picture a huge heavy flywheel, a massive metal disc mounted horizontally on an axle, about 30 feet in diameter, two feet thick and weighing about 5,000 pounds. Now imagine that your task is to get the flywheel rotating on the axle as fast and long as possible. Pushing with great effort, you get the flywheel to inch forward, moving almost imperceptibly at first. You keep pushing, and after two or three hours of persistent effort, you get the flywheel to complete one entire turn. You keep pushing, and the flywheel begins to move a bit faster, and with continued great effort, you move it around a second rotation. You keep pushing it in a consistent direction, three turns, four, five, six. The flywheel builds up speed, seven, eight. You keep pushing, nine, 10, it builds momentum, 11, 12, moving faster with every turn, 20, 30, 50, 100. Then at some point, breakthrough. The momentum of the thing kicks in your favor, hurling the flywheel forward, turn after turn, whoosh, its own heavy weight working for you. You're pushing no harder than during the first rotation, but the flywheel goes faster and faster. Each turn of the flywheel builds upon work done earlier, compounding your investment of effort. A thousand times faster, then 10,000, then 100,000. The huge heavy disc flies forward with almost unstoppable momentum. Now suppose someone came along and asked, what was the one big push that caused this thing to go so fast? You wouldn't be able to answer. It's just a nonsensical question. Was it the first push, the second, the fifth, the hundredth? No, it was all of them added together in an overall accumulation of effort applied in a consistent direction. Some pushes may have been bigger than others, but any single heave, no matter how large, reflects a small fraction of the entire cumulative effort upon the flywheel. Here's what's important. We've allowed the way transitions look from the outside to drive our perception of what they must feel like to those going through them on the inside. From the outside, they look like dramatic, almost revolutionary breakthroughs. But from the inside, they feel completely different. More like an organic development process. Picture an egg just sitting there. No one pays it much attention until one day the egg cracks open and out jumps a chicken. All the major magazines and newspapers jump on the event, writing feature stories, the transformation of egg to chicken, the remarkable revolution of the egg. Stunning turnaround at egg, as if the egg had undergone some overnight metamorphosis, radically altering itself into a chicken. But what does it look like from the chicken's point of view? It's a completely different story. While the world ignored this dormant looking egg, the chicken was evolving, growing, developing, incubating. From the chicken's point of view, cracking the egg is simply one more step in a long chain of steps leading up to that moment. A big step, to be sure, but hardly the radical single step transformation it looks like to those watching from outside the egg. It's a silly analogy, granted, but I'm using it to highlight a very important finding from the research. We kept thinking that we'd find the one big thing, the miracle moment that defined breakthrough. We even pushed for it in our interviews. But the good to great executives simply could not pinpoint a single key event or moment in time that exemplified the transition. We found a very different pattern at the comparison companies. Instead of a quiet, deliberate process of figuring out what needed to be done and then simply doing it, the comparison companies frequently launched new programs, often with great fanfare and hoopla aimed at motivating the troops, only to see the programs fail to produce sustained results. They sought the single defining action, the grand program, the one killer innovation, the miracle moment that would allow them to skip the arduous build-up stage and jump right to breakthrough. They would push the flywheel in one direction, then stop, change course, and throw it a new direction. And then they would stop, change course, and throw it into yet another direction. After years of lurching back and forth, the comparison companies failed to build sustained momentum and fell instead into what we came to call the doom loop. That's the end of the quote. It's an amazing picture and an amazing concept and I, I just find it so powerful. You've seen it, I'm sure, in so many examples in the HR world of let's try and turn around this underperforming business by, I don't know, shutting six branches or offices and factories, whatever it may be, and then just suddenly getting back to normal or uh, launching a training program to change the culture. You know, so uh, everyone goes through a one-day workshop and suddenly the, ch- the culture has changed. There are so many examples in the HR world that reflect the underperforming companies when it comes to this flywheel comparison. What I suggest to you when it comes to the marketing side is to look beyond what are quick shots, simple actions that may have a quick sugar-like effect, but then you get the sugar crash. So having that consistent compound marketing approach where it's building up steam and you're gradually building up your lead flow so that it becomes easier to attract the kinds of clients you want and the kinds of work, the kinds of fees, the kind of projects that you want in a very consistent, manageable and predictable way. That's the key to the flywheel concept and I urge you to look into that. Anyway, just a thought for today, I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever have any questions around these sort of topics, just get in touch via the website. Thanks again for joining me.